2: To Andy Kirk through ball to Mark DeVries, a chance for Hearts DeVries, right the keeper, and up to the net! Mark DeVries 2 2!
0: Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to heart of Midlothian Football Club. Now in our 250th official episode who'd have thought it i'm laurie Dunser, joined once again
2: by mark donaldson the semi-quincentennial is 250th anniversary the reason i know that is because in three years time it's going to be the united states semi-quincentennial anniversary since the 1776 Declaration of Independence. So there you go. And as I put out on on social media, hearts were top of the table by five points from Hibbs and everyone else playing catch up in our first episode back at the start of October 2018. You and I have also had a fair bit of abuse since then. Um, A lot of it's deserved, but the bit that's not deserved, saying it's our fault that hearts aren't going to be top of the table and five points clear um, in a couple of months. Hey, how, how do we know? What I do know, Laurie, is that your intro there sounded more positive than the start of, of last week's show. And what a difference a week can make, huh?
0: Well, that's maybe because we've got a special guest coming on shortly, yeah. apart from anything. 250th episode. I couldn't start it sounding glum, could I? No. I mean,
2: under, pre- under pressure, though. But this is a big one for us. I didn't know if we'd get to twenty five. Never mind two hundred and fifty. So we kinda had to aim for to aim for the stars. And thankfully one of them said yes.
0: Indeed they did. We will be joined very shortly by Heart's club captain, Mr. Craig Gordon, for a second appearance. Um it's not quite a long quite as long between appearances as his um two spells at hearts, but it's been it's been almost bang on three years. He came on just after he returned, just after he signed on at Heart. So that was summer of twenty twenty. It was August there's when he the, came on. But
2: there, there's the question. Does he now because he loves a record, does our Craig? Does he now hold the record for longest duration between first and second appearance <laughs> on the Scarves Around the Funnel? Um gotta be up there. Uh,
0: probably.
2: I think I, who else? I think, uh, I
0: think he must. Probably Robbie was fairly kind of regular. It was about either half a year or a year between them at most. Another so, three years.
2: He's a he's a week short of three years since his last. Yes. Freedoms. I I think that's another record for our club well, captain.
0: Any any record
2: will do. Oh, I'm do
0: sure it, he'll yeah, I'm sure we'll talk them all up, and we'll speak to Craig very soon. So we're very pleased that he's agreed to join us. Um. Uh, before then, a few things we we do obviously want to get through some other news. Uh, let's have a look. Well, I guess first of all, we've, we've had a game, and both of us managed to watch a game. I know not many Hearts fans have been able to watch games this preseason on the whole, uh, but Hearts played uh, Leeds United on Sunday. This was in front of a very good crowd, almost seventeen thousand at Super time to ask for this, uh, in a friendly against the recently relegated English Premier League team Leeds United. Now. We're not going to do a deep dive into this at all. It's a friendly game. We've spoken about it before. We can't read too much into friendlies. But I mean, you're, in terms of what we can take from this, even with it being a friendly, I mean, some of the things I noted here, you were, I was looking at the starting lineup and I was doing my notes and, you know, Luis Sinistera, Dan James, Jorginho Ruter, three of the attacking players lead started with 21 million, 25 million, 36 million. That's what could be paid for Ruter. These are the kind of Fees that Leeds United have been paying for players, and, and and most of the starting lineup played a part in the Premier League last season. Bar Ethan Ampadu, who was signed from a Premier League club Chelsea, a teenager Archie Gray, who I actually thought looked pretty decent, and a teenage Norwegian left back. This is we're basically playing an English Premier League club. Um, I, I guess the one question I might ask of this game is: Was this the right opposition for us to play a week
2: before mm. St Johnston? That's a good question. It could be Funnily enough. I've, I've gone into last season's preseason campaign, and did we learn more from a 7 0 testimonial win at East Fife or a 5 0 home victory over Bonnerig Rose than we did from a 1 0 defeat against well, we played the Stoke? East.
0: We played Stoke, was
2: our kind uh, of last no, I know. headline no, I know. friendly. I, I, I'm utilizing specifics to illustrate my narrative mm-hmm. in that a 5 0 and a 7 0 winner are are good for the conference of course they are and and we haven't we haven't won much this preseason so f- certainly from a conference perspective they are but if we have learned something from that Leeds game that has has become apparent as a result of the Leeds game that we weren't really sure it was a an existing issue beforehand and and then it was identified because, Leeds were a very good outfit. Um, they start their league campaign same weekend as us, so fitness-wise, we should be the same. We were chasing shadows for the first 20 minutes or so. So if we if we can learn something important that we can put into place for the game against St. Johnston on, on Saturday that helps us get three points, then then great. Um, the answer to your question might not be that if we don't get off to a good start in, in Perth. So I don't know if it was the right opposition. I think it was good opposition to have. Yep. but I would have liked to have seen us play maybe a couple more games. Uh,
0: yeah, I think my and again, you know, we're nitpicking at something. It is a friendly. It's a run out, but I guess warming up. You know, the the result doesn't matter. But uh, I would have liked to seen us have a game where we were going to get a bit more possession. Um,
2: Alan Alan Forrest is not. He's he's not the, the furthest.
0: Forward. He's not the
2: he's right. not the is answer.
0: It, it, no, 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 he's not. Well positive, what I would say, because you know, I wanna to, want to look at some positives. I thought Frankie Kent looked um exactly what we hoped he would look like. And it's obviously it's a friendly game, but you know, um strong, commanding centre back. Um I, I like the look of him. I think um uh, right now, my feeling is he's gonna be our first pick centre back, and we're just got to have to decide who's gonna be playing alongside him. Um right now I'm not sure it's the person who starred alongside him
2: on Sunday. That's a good point. No, that's so. a good point. But again, look, this isn't going to be a deep dive. No. I think no. the deep dive can come next week when we find out what lineup Hearts went with against St. Johnson and we find out how Hearts got on. Because to analyse a preseason friendly can be folly because you yes. can say it's the worst thing in the world and Hearts will win, or it's the best thing in the world because we've scored seven against these five and Hearts go and lose. So, yeah, th- This th- our 250th episode is is not going to be a deep dive on the Leeds game. We have someone no. far more important than that to talk to.
0: It is not. Um, before we get to that, though, we've got email from Alexander Scott, who said, Hi, gents. Glad to have the podcast back. It's amazing what a week can do to Hearts fans. It was all doom and gloom with a couple of signings Um, to only just keep the masses at bay. Now we've got a couple of hopefully quick forward players coming in and probably the best kit launch certainly since the 2014 home shirt. There's now a feeling of excitement and anticipation for the first game of the season. However, with the new signings and potential others to arrive, hopefully right back, surely the club will be looking to offload some fringe players, for example. Um, Will potentially more options on the wing? Will Forrest be on the move? We've added another centre midfielder and rumours of McGrath. Could we see Grant leave? What's your thoughts? Thanks again, Alex. Um, on the kit, he mentions the kit I think that's oh. definitely got a bit of a buzz what what a fantastic strip that is, the new third kit that celebrates um, the club's identity as they look towards the 150th anniversary which will be of course next year which is the Sesquicentennial Sesqu- what is it again I can't even remember come on now come on now I remember
2: I've closed the tab
0: and I can't remember. It was it was centennial. Something like that. It's it's a long word anyway. It's a long word. One hundred and fifty years. Let's stick with that. Um, uh, It's beautiful, isn't it? It's obviously based on the very first Hearts kit, um, which is why it's the the white with the kind of oversized badge on it. But I'm I'm a big fan of a simplistic and traditional looking kit. So when I saw this, um, I was sold on it so much so that I got one on.
2: Friday morning when they went on sale. Yeah. And I've I've got a pre-order because it was difficult for me. Uh well, it wasn't difficult for me because my mother asked would, would I like to uh, would I like to get a shirt. Um she was very kind and she went and she lined up for an hour and a half and sadly they were sold out. But credit to to the football club for putting the pre-orders up the same day. Um managed to get one. So when it's when it's sent out, I'll I'll be delighted. I love the fact it's white and my um masculine and and muscly toned figure um can can look great in in a 4XL or what whatever, whatever I need. It, it's, it's a tough one because I've still got I've still got the one in the box. Um they did a, a kind of one from the 50s and 60s which is still in the box. And I've I've also I also this is one I wear a lot. It's the late 70s one that AMRO did. It's glorious. It's got the the diamonds down the sleeves. We have really had some some beautiful kits, but this is this is stunning. It, it really is. Um, by the way, semi quincentennial is also called sester centennial for the two hundred fiftieth anniversary. Um, but this is for the one hundred fiftieth anniversary, and it's beautiful. It's, it is it,
0: indeed. So, I'm um, looking forward to seeing it as a as a full kit in a game as well. I think that'll be terrific. Uh, the other question: do we, so do we course, know, Sorry,
2: do we know when we're going to wear that one? I have no
0: idea yet. No, no idea.
2: Well, it certainly we against Leighton Orient and the Friendly next yes. but I'd like to think it'll be one before then. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Sorry, that's what I was going to... I've asked you a question and answered a different one. For okay. anyone kind of <laughs> grumbling and complaining at the time that Hearts released the pink kit as their away kit, now it all becomes clear and those grumpy bollocks that said Hearts' oh, away kit it should be white, that's why they released the pink one as their change kit. So we'll see how often it'll be used this season.
0: In terms of of new sightings. Yeah, I think um at the time of recording nothing confirmed, but we understand one of these is pretty much over the line. So we mm-hmm. expect one of these to be public very soon, so by the time you listen to this, hopefully it is out there and we've got a scarf above the head, etc. Um so first one is now I was watching some videos of him, so I think this is Kyusuke Tagawa. Um uh, but I will need to double check that when he's confirmed as a player and someone's managed to ask him. So this is mm. uh, the 24-year-old Japanese, two caps for his country, one goal yep. as well. Mm-hmm. Spent three years with FC Tokyo in the J League on loan in Portugal the last season and a half. Um, a decent pedigree for Hearts, I would say.
2: This signing on the
0: on the face of it.
2: Love the fact he wants to to come and and, and live in Europe again after a spell in Portugal and and basically put some wrongs and make them right because it was a shit show in Portugal. You read some of the stories about the team he was with and and it, it was it was horrible and, and good on him for wanting to come back. Because he could have gone back to to FC Tokyo and and fought for his place there. And he's, he's 24 years old. Um it's always helpful isn't it when the person who's linked with the football club posts uh an Instagram pictures with departures <laughs> behind behind him and then um that's that's immediately after his, his club has got a, a thing on their website, which, funnily enough, it broke in the middle of the night. Your time, I was up watching something. It was like about 10 o'clock here on the east coast of the United States. So, um, obviously, morning time and lunchtime in Japan. So, they put a story out, FC Tokyo, and with quotes from uh, Kasuki Tagawa. Once once we get the proper pronunciation, I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll take that on board. Initially, when, when Shunsuki Nakamura signed for Celtic, it became apparent it was uh, Shunsuke. So it might be Kyosuke Tagawa. I, do, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure. We just don't want, I think we're, we're a bit further forward than we were when, um, somebody, whoever the first person to say Wanjo was, mm. that's how he was ever known, even although it was totally wrong. So it's nice that we're trying to get the, the name right. And I'm looking forward to seeing him. By the way, I don't. I've got no idea what the team is going to be for for Saturday against St Johnston. Nope. I'm well, pretty. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's involved.
0: We would hope so. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that towards the end of the episode. But another player uh, is Kenneth Vargas, 21 yeah. uh, year old Costa Rican, also similar kind of player, a winger slash forward, currently with uh, Herediano uh, in his native Costa Rica, contracted there until 2027. So obviously, will be a fee involved. 10 goals in 41 appearances in the Costa Rican Primera Division last season as Herediano finished runners-up, although they won the title in 2021-2022. Um, I, I know some people don't like the, the term project players. Um, I don't know if this is one that
1: oh, is m-
0: maybe more of someone that would be looking to work and develop, like Yutaro Oda, whereas Tagawa, I think, looks like someone that hearts to be looking to sign and put into that kind of starting eleven.
2: No, he's he's twenty one. I think he comes and he plays. Once once they get everything done with the visa and work permit and everything like that, it might still be a few weeks away. Um, I I think he's a player that goes that goes straight into the the team. The standards are all right. Um, I did commentate on Herediano many years ago against Alpha United in the Concacaf Champions League, and we did the second leg after Herediano had won the first like eight nil. That's one of the harder intros I've had to do to a commentary to try and keep the viewers interested <laughs> for a second leg after one team's lost 8-0 in the first leg. So Costa Rican football, like it's, we're we're falling to the trap of don't watch it, must be shite. No, 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 no. We've, we've, we now have the tools and we have people that we can rely on, like yourself who plays football manager, championship manager, whatever it's called. Um, it's easy to get footage now. And there's been some wonderful um, little kind of... Packages put together of, of his goals. I love the fact his goals are very different. There's there's goals in behind. There's goals from wide. Uh, there's there's a whole plethora of different types of goals. But pace, both of them seem to have decent pace, especially yeah, Kenneth which is re- what we need. We really vital, need vital, absolutely vital. So yeah, um, and there's there's no point in in from a from a person's perspective who's trying to analyze a signing. And you see three goals in twenty appearances, or, or whatever, you you could be playing for the worst team in the world, and three goals is actually a decent spell. Or you could be playing for the best team in the world, and three goals is a rotten is a rotten stat. So it, it's all to do with circumstances. And and these two players, hopefully, um, we get them both over the line um, pretty quickly. One, the Japanese, looks like that should be done over the next couple of days. Vargas might be a little bit longer. But that gives us something that we haven't um, had for, uh, for quite some time since since Gino left and, and Pace in behind. So, yeah, positive news. I still think the club are, I understand that they're looking at an, another right back. There's been a couple of players linked. Uh, Martin O'Faya's nephew was an interesting one from Brighton. And he's played there as a right wing back before very quick six foot two. So there's that plus Toby Civic potentially being a right back to challenge Natty Atkinson as well. So I think it's taken time, but we're slowly we're we're slowly filling this jigsaw with the pieces that uh, that are required.
0: Indeed, uh, we will briefly talk about um, next week uh, in terms of the St Johnson game towards the end of the podcast, but in just a moment. We want to kick on and speak to our very special guest on this 250th episode of Scarves Around the Funnel, which is, as ever, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s.
2: Well, when you're celebrating a, a bit of a milestone, 250 episodes, you, you really want a special guest to try and celebrate such a milestone. Delighted to say the Hearts Club captain, Craig Gordon, making his second appearance, joins us. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Second appearance, like 250, that's not too bad. So it's all right, it's, it's all right. Um, 8th of August 2020 was your last one. We called it Full Circle. That was episode 93 and you basically started by saying that Bobby's Lamal had no issues whatsoever with the COVID tests because of the size of his nose.
1: <laughs> oh, Bobby's moved on now, but he I have taken that in good spirits. So he yes. was always the one that liked to joke, and he would joke about that as much as anybody else. So
2: i sure
1: I'd have got him. away with that one.
2: Yeah, so, so a lot has changed. Yep. Since then. And I, I was I was looking back at the uh the Instagram post that you did on December thirtieth. And I tell you what, I've not been cutting onions, but there is a a little bit of moisture in the eye after this one. A picture of you on the ground at Tanadice and your words on your Instagram account, Craig underscore Gordon1. I played this game long enough to know that I can't take anything for granted. And when I've been quote written off. End quote. With injuries before, every game is one more than at times I thought I might get. I know what lies ahead as I've walked this road before, and I will do it again, albeit on crutches for now. Wasn't a dry eye in the house when reading that one. That was then. That was the 30th of December. This, when we record, is the first day of August 2023. How is your recovery going, and are you where you want to be? given that when you wrote that, you didn't know what the future held?
1: Yeah, I think I'm pretty much on track for, for where I want to be. Um, obviously, the first week of the season, this has been probably the most difficult, um, knowing that I'm not going to be part of the team that that goes to, to Perth. So this has been a bit of sort of reflection this week and... and also, knowing how far I've come, because mm-hmm. I didn't think I'd possibly be where I am now. I'm, I'm back out doing a bit of training with the goalkeepers. Um, some days are better than others, but overall, uh, I'm probably ahead of where most people, even within the club, thought I, I could get to at this point. So, you know, from from that point of view, I'm I'm very happy. Um, but yeah, I just want to get back as soon as possible. There's, there's so many exciting games. I think it's an exciting time for the club. Uh, and I want to be part of it. You know, Seeing the, the amount of supporters that have renewed their season tickets, the waiting list that we've got, the way the strips have sold, You know, the, the excitement beyond that, new players coming in. Uh, and yeah, I just want to be part of it. I want to get back mm. out there. And that's the, the sort of driving force now. I want to get there as quickly as I possibly can. But uh, I know there's, there's still a lot of hard work to to go between now and then.
2: You and I have gone back and forward many times on on WhatsApp since since it happened. And one of the questions that most Hearts, in fact, the question that most Hearts fans want to know is is when is Laurie Dunsire going to be commentating on Craig Gordon wearing a Hearts number one jersey again?
1: Hopefully soon. Um, there's there's still. A hard few weeks ahead of me, but I, I really don't think it's uh, it's that far away. I think we're we're down to probably a, a couple of months. Um, you know, that's certainly what I'll be aiming for. Um, if I can do it any quicker, then great. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm optimistic that, that things are are looking good. There's, there's still uh, parts of the game that I, I need to work on, but yeah, I've, I'm very happy with, with where I, I currently yeah. am. But We've we still got the hard work to do and then this is the mm. difficult bit. I've done done a lot, but now to transfer that onto the pitch and do the, the game-related stuff is, is going to be the, the last test.
0: Looking back at that, it, it was Christmas Eve last year that the incident happened. Obviously, Tanner Dice, uh, Dundee United against Hearts. Second half, Stephen Fletcher's going through on goal. You come out to challenge. It's 50-50. Um, from up in... The media gantry we were watching. Um, obviously, all of our kind of eyes at first were on you know, what's the referee given here? Was he given a penalty? What's going on? It wasn't clear just how how bad um, you'd sustain an injury at first. Uh, do you remember much about that moment when it happened? Uh, you know, because obviously, as soon as we saw the images, you could go, oh, Christ, you know, this is a really bad one. I don't, do you remember much about when it happened?
1: Yeah. Um... I remember being being quite calm about it. I knew straight away after the the impact that my leg was broken. Um, the the physio came running on and, and asked what it was. He initially thought I might have had a head knock, but uh, as uh, as soon as he came came on, I said I broke my leg. Um, that's it, really. I'm I'm done, and um, uh, and he couldn't believe how calm I was. So he was like all right, we'll check it, thinking I'd probably be all right because I wasn't shouting, I wasn't screaming. I wasn't in as much pain as you would expect, having seen the, the photos, that maybe just the adrenaline and whatever that, that was going on. and uh, uh, It was, was Cammy that was keeping me updated about the fact that the, the referee had given a penalty and he was at the monitor and, and that was probably more of my concern right at that immediate time. I was thinking, well, if I have broke my leg, if it's just one bone, few months I'll be alright, I'll be back before the end of the season. Always no, it didn't quite turn out like that. And uh, yeah, but we got the, the penalty overturned and, and managed to to get something out of the game which was, was at least something.
0: I mean looking ahead obviously you're hoping to to be back very soon, you know, I'm saying, for hearts, or at least some point early part of this season. Um forty years old now. How about Scotland is that? Something that's that's on your mind as well, or are you just kind of trying to stay focused on on
1: getting back into a heart
0: shirt first.
1: Yeah, one step at a time. Um, I I'll, I'll need to, to get back, and I need to play well um, for to give myself that opportunity. Um, I'm definitely not closing the door to that. I'll, I'll give it everything I possibly can, uh, and, and we'll see what happens on that front.
2: I'm sitting looking at. Um, a new, a new wallpaper in the front of my phone. My my daughter, Ava Grace, has been bumped in favour of the Hearts It kit. Uh, Hearts today put out three um, wallpaper versions. Um, the one I've got is, is Toby Civic, Peter Haring, and Alex Cochran. There's also one of Benny Beningamy. You're in there as well. Simple question. Who found it easiest to be a supermodel when the 150th kit was being... Filmed for what we saw last week.
1: I know some good pictures. It's a oh. it was a great, great day out in the, the city chambers and uh, in the sort of back rooms and, and things that I uh, hadn't been in since we won the cup in two thousand six. It was back in yeah. the, the same room as we had a reception after after that game. Um, nice to be back. Happy memories and uh, the the pictures off. What well, we knew straight away it was a, a fantastic kit, and knew it, it would would sell really well. But the yeah, there's there's a few guys in there that, that think mm-hmm. they're models. Um, Kobe, you mm-hmm. mentioned definitely one. Benny sitting on that chair like a king. <laughs> what a picture! I absolutely love it. Right. Um, yeah, there's there's a few George Grant as well. with his uh, pearl necklace on, which which is not his. That was just for the photo, by the way. I'll just clarify <laughs> that for him. <laughs> But, um, yeah, there's a, there's a few guys in there that, that fancy themselves as models. What did
2: Summer, your uh, your partner, say about it? Did you go home and were you able to get photos at the time or given how kind of secret it had to be, did you have to just explain to her what you'd done without being able to show her any or or your, your two boys and, and your two daughters as well? Were you able to show them anything that you'd, you'd done that day as far as photos were concerned or was it all hush-hush?
1: No, we are actually made to, to sign uh, a piece of paper to say that we, we can't take photos and we can't yeah. discuss it. So it uh, is very much hush-hush. You're not allowed to, to say anything. But yeah, I obviously said that I, I knew it was going to be a fantastic kit based on one of the, the earliest strips that Hearts that wore and the, the, the photo shoot. It, it felt it felt great. It felt like we we knew we were going to, reveal something that the the fans would really get on board with. Uh, and that, that was that was great to be part of that.
0: I'll take you back to the season before last. So you you joined us last time when Hearts were in the championship and obviously the main focus was getting back up to the the premiership. It was a very strange season. We probably don't want to relive too much of that. It was um not the the greatest experience for for fans and I'm sure players as well, having had other players on and Robbie Nielsen been on a few times. But back up to the premiership 21 22 and um a terrific season for, for you you know a good season for hearts but you know for you personally you know fantastic season you ended the campaign with football writers player of the year uh, making it a record third time that you won that you won it in 2005 2006 with hearts and then 2014 and 15 with celtic it, but this season, where did that season rank for you? I mean, but you know, you've you've won plenty of trophies in c- your careers with both Hearts with Celtic, but in terms of your kind of personal performance, I think you know, I think a lot of Hearts fans were very confident that they knew what you could do and that you'd be a terrific signing. Maybe from outside, some people maybe looking at your age and doubting, you know, is Craig Gordon as good as he used to be? Um, I would say you kind of proved anyone who thought that wrong. But where did that season rank for you?
1: was uh, right up there um personally in, in terms of my performance levels throughout the season um one of the most enjoyable um certainly there was a, a lot of big saves uh, and in, because the team were doing well a lot of them were in important matches so yeah it was a a great season for for me i, I had a lot to prove um not not really to anybody but but more to myself to and also to make people believe that I was not only as good as before, I wanted people to think I was better because I think I've, I've grown as a goalkeeper throughout my career. Um, there's always things that you can learn and, and I've always tried to, to better myself Um you know, nowadays compared to when I, I started the amount of analysis that goes into the game and everything that, that can help the, the sports science. I, I wanted to, to show that I'd improved from my, my first spell and, and show the the Hearts fans that it was the the right decision to, to come back, um and, and show that I could could still be a, a big player for for the club and it was yeah, it was a, a very special time coming back, obviously COVID, no fans, it was a, a difficult season but the, the season after that to to play in front of a packed Tynecastle, the, the excitement that that brought back to me after spending uh, a season on the, the bench at Celtic and then the COVID season to, to actually get back to play at Tynecastle and, and that, that's the, the motivating factor right now, um, I want to get back and play at Tynecastle at least one more time. Um, I, I hope it's hundreds more but we never know um, as I said up at Dundee United you, you never know when your last game is but I'm determined to, to make sure I get I get back and play at, at Tyne Castle again just like I was motivated to do that before
0: Yeah you made um, in terms of the league you made more saves than any, any other keeper that season yet you still managed to record the highest save percentage and only Joe Hart had more Clean sheets Than you So uh, You were very busy um, I, I think Mark Maybe Listened to this as well Back when you were On the podcast Last time you spoke about When you were playing For your I think it was your school team Like you said You were you were always very busy You managed to win the league But barely kept a clean sheet
2: You, you did um, no, was, Who was the guy That kept the clean sheet One, one game One clean sheet Gary uh, Ga-
1: Gary Mealy, Who is a loving goalkeeper <laughs> coach now Yes he he, got a game, that. Didn't he? he he got a, a, a Premier League game recently He did yeah Yeah he did uh, yeah, were you good. as
0: busy that that season, um, back in your,
1: uh, you oh, probably as you was, were two yeah, seasons would ago. We uh, <laughs> we we won games like five three and, and stuff like that all season. Um, and yeah, never managed a, a clean sheet. And, and Gary played one game and, and managed to get it. So uh, yeah, he's he's never let me live that down for the the rest of my career. Um, yeah, it was it was a busy season. That one at Hearts probably unusually so for a team that it finished in third place and um, yeah it was it was good for me to to be able to produce the amount of saves that that mattered um, that, that gained the team points to to eventually get a a good league position and, and qualify for Europe so it was uh, yeah it was it was one of the best without doubt
2: Has a Craig Gordon testimonial at Hearts ever been mentioned?
1: Yeah there's a possibility I think I've got a be in the, the match day squad in, in ten years. Uh, I'm not sure if I've managed that yet or whether I need to do that again this year to to make it ten years. But uh that's one for the, the statisticians, Mark, you can figure that out to see if I've been <laughs> in, the, in the match day squad uh, enough um over the ten years. But yeah, possibly one day. Um I wanna concentrate on getting back and, and playing. Um get back in that team and, and do as well as I possibly can and then Maybe in the, the next contract after this one, if I manage to, to stay on for another year or two, then we might talk about it then.
2: Well, it was Livingston, wasn't it? It was that ridiculous season at Brockville, the Scottish Cup. You played twice. The 4-0 defeat when Owen Coyle went nuts and so did Colin Samuel. But your your debut was Livingston, I think, in 2002. Um,
1: I was so on the bench five... the Rangers at Ibrox. Yes. A season or yes. two before that. So I don't know if that counts. Well, I mean, it's it's it's
2: ten years, you know. I mean, th- this isn't something we're talking about because of the injury. This was always something I would, I wish I'd asked you it prior to that as well, because there was some talk when you when you rejoined that um, part of the deal, if you were to sign an extension to the initial contract, might include a testimonial. Um, and I, I get that that you want to say, uh, yeah, if the injury gets better and if I get back into the team, we want to talk positively. Because I know what you're like. You're a fucking pest when it comes to that WhatsApp and what records have I got and what's my next record and everything like that. But with London Hearts' help and Hearts Heritage' help, we'll always find out the answer that, that you want. You've got a number of records you still want to break as a Hearts goalkeeper, don't you?
1: Yeah, I've got one coming up in the next couple of weeks, the U- European games, which... Uh, yes, yes. It is looking a little bit unlikely, but you never know. If there's a goalkeeping crisis, I might just have to to get the gloves on and, and play anyway. But uh, no, nah, I'm not expecting to be back for that. Maybe if the guys can get to the group stages, then I, I might have a chance to get in a game after that.
0: I mean, looking back at last season, Craig, obviously you mentioned um how positive the first season back up to the, the Premiership was. uh Finishing third, qualifying for Europe. It's obviously as good as any Hearts fan could have hoped, especially after being in the second tier of the season prior. Um Last season... Obviously, all the the finances that were going with Europe um, were well publicised. A lot of people looking for Hearts to kick on. You know, both Hibs and Aberdeen were in a, a little bit of disarray at the the start of the campaign. Um, what were your feelings like at the start of the season? Was it very much a determination to solidify that position? Did you did you feel that Europe hampered Hearts in the early part of the campaign?
1: I think it was the injuries that, that hampered us. Whether that was a consequence of Europe or not. Um, we, it ripped out virtually the the centre of our team, um, and and from that point on, we were always chasing to try and stay in the the hunt um, sort of for for league position leading up to to the break to the World Cup, uh, which we actually managed to do. I um, think mm-hmm. we we're only four points behind or something going into the the winter break, so we weren't we were right on the coattails, and then we came back from the break and, and went and got a lead. Um, so it's, it's difficult to say that that. that hampered us having got a, a big advantage after that. It was uh, it was keeping that going and, and yeah, we we did struggle to, towards the end of the season. Um, you know, Stephen came in and sort of lifted the spirits for the last seven games and um we we got a couple of results but all in all it wasn't enough. But and that that'll always be disappointing. I don't think um we'll ever be able to, to look back on that and not feel disappointed that we we should have went on and, and got the third place. Um, uh, but we, we didn't manage to do so, and, and now we have to, to go again and, and try and get try and get that again this season and not fall to the, the same things that we, we did. Um, the season just passed, and, and, and you want to try and be as consistent as possible. And, and if we can do it two or three years in a row, then that's the consistency level that we're looking for. Um, and that's what we have to strive for, and it starts right now was it hard
0: for you uh, as club captain being out injured when you know th- things started to obviously turn sour um and obviously hearts were in a bad run of form aberdeen suddenly nipped ahead of us was it more difficult for you not being involved um did you try and still stay involved as much as you can as captain even though you couldn't obviously do anything on the pitch
1: yeah it was really difficult um yeah, there wasn't a great deal I felt I could do I wasn't out on the training pitch I couldn't see what was going on um you know you, you spend 15 20 minutes with the guys in the changing room before they go out um I'd go and do my rehab and then you know by the time I've finished that most of the guys are away so it, it's very very different um from from spending all the time that you normally do with them and uh, I think Lauren stepped into that role and done done it really well also um, went through a, a difficult period, but you know, if it hadn't been for for his performances, his goals, and, and he was uh, really leading by example, then uh, it, it could have been worse. But it was, uh, yeah, it was difficult for everybody. Um, you know, the, the manager, the players, um, we, we just couldn't get going at the, the vital time.
2: Uh, how big a help was it to have Ace and Axel, your two boys? to just take your mind off everything. Axel born the day, the day you played for Scotland in September last year, and, and Ace, a wee bit older as well. I mean, we're Laurie and I are lucky we're both parents as well. I'm sure there's a number of parents listening to this. They they don't care. Your sons, your daughters, they, they've got no idea. They just want mummy and daddy to play with. How big a help were they without probably them even knowing that they were a help?
1: Yeah, a, a nice distraction. Um, they, yeah even when I, I came back with metal work through my leg, and he still wanted <laughs> to, to jump on top of me and uh, and crawl around. So that was uh, that was difficult to sort of tell him that he had to to leave Daddy alone for the the first few weeks until <laughs> I was a little bit more mobile. Um, but yeah, it's it's been great, and you know, as you know, the, the football it can be it can be difficult at times. It, it can it can uh, hand you some some bad luck, whether it be injuries or, or loss of form and, and and things like that. But yeah, to have that constant here, um, that stability is 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 huge for for any player to be happy off the the pitch and mm. and know that you're, you're going home to, to that. I and mean, yeah, today I've already built a a dinosaur zoo, a train track, we've been drawing, we've made paper aeroplanes. That was just since I come back from training, so it's been a, it's been a day full of uh, playing since I got back, which I, I wouldn't have at any other way. It's great fun.
2: You're probably too young, and, and I can maybe... I remember it, but it was probably repeats. There was a, a show called Metal Mickey. He was a five-foot-tall robot, and he was on kids' TV, at the time. Now, there's a consensus suggesting even you might still have more metal inside you than Metal Mickey, but you've had a fair bit of things that were inside you um, to help with the healing taken out. What is left? What will stay um, as far as pins and screws are concerned, and what could you play with, and what do you have to get taken out?
1: It's still up for a little bit of debate between everybody. Um, At the moment, I have... One screw just underneath my knee, and two screws just above my ankle. With the the metal rod running right the length of my tibia, which is the shin bone. That's the, quite long, right? Yeah, yeah. It was so long that they had to postpone my operation by a few hours till they searched the hospital for a a, a metal rod long enough that would fit my shin. So that uh, <laughs> that was nice. They finally got one that, uh, that that did fit. But yeah, the as far as what could come out. The, the screws could come out uh, I think the, the ones at my, my ankle are are feeling okay the one below my knee there is a, a potential that could come out at some point um, whenever that may be uh, but it's not a if it does come out it's not a huge uh, healing process after that uh, it would only cost me a, a few weeks um, according to the the surgeon the The bone mood would still be absolutely fine um, and it would just be the the skin healing, uh, and the the tissue around about that. So yeah, if, if that does happen, it's only a it's only a couple of weeks, and I'd be back to where I, I was at. I could make a terrible
0: joke about all goalkeepers are meant to have a screw loose, aren't they? But I won't, <laughs> I won't go there. Um, it's you, you mentioned the captaincy um, as well in terms of of Florence as well. But one thing I was thinking about with you, Craig, is as, as captain is. Uh, you, you do take it very seriously and I think it's something which um, is well appreciated by by fans. You know, I know in, in some countries the armband is just one player gets given the armband for a game and that's it. I know in the UK, Scotland and England, it, it tends to mean a lot more at certain clubs, but I was thinking back to last season and... um. I remember being at the Big Hearts Gala and I'm pretty sure that was maybe... I don't think your youngest was too old at that point. I think you were maybe having a few sleepless nights. Um, <laughs> we were in the middle of a tough run of games. Uh, we'd been in the middle of the European run, which was obviously a lot of travelling, a lot of tough results to take. Um, but lo and behold, who's the Hearts player who turns up at the Big Hearts Gala to shake some hands and and obviously help raise some money? It was yourself. I mean, what? How... How do you see being Hearts captain? Is it a lot more than just being the the person that wears the armband and sort of leads the team on the pitch?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously that's the the most important thing. Um, but yeah, to to have the sort of relationship with the the fans that I do, having come through the academy and been a supporter, am a supporter. Like, I, I know what it's like. I know the, the disappointments that Hearts fans have had to go through and still have to go through. Um, so yeah, I think you know, that relationship that we have is is great. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's important that the the team is represented at these sorts of things and and be uh, as open and, and approachable as I as I can be to to the fans and 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 speak about things and, and try and give them little insights of of what's going on. You um, obviously can't say everything, but you know, in, in terms of how things are going and. Um, you know how the team is looking and, and things like that. Then I, I get a good chat with them, and, and you know they, they're they're clever people. They they know what's going on. They they know their football, um, and, and sometimes it's just nice to to listen to them as well. And and maybe I lay a few fears if they they think uh, you know it's not going well. So it's yeah, I, I I do take that seriously and think it's a a big part of the role as well.
0: We've got a few um, messages and questions, and we'll we'll sprinkle some of these in. As we go, I want to go to one here, just with what we're talking about. It's from Stevie Morris, who's been on the podcast a couple of times. You'll know him yourself. Mm-hmm. And, I do, yeah. And, and he messaged just saying, um, can maybe ask Craig about his visit to see me at the MND Research Lab? He mentioned uh, to me his closeness with Zal, and he was his captain. He was genuinely pleased to see the research going on. Um, he also adds he's a, a top, top guy, uh, not just a world-class Goalie, so that must be um, you know something kind of close to to your heart as well as most of our hearts now with with Stevie and with obviously your your, your previous teammate as well, Marius.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I went uh, along uh, to to the Royal Infirmary and, and saw Stevie there, um, and we went through the the research labs. and It's absolutely incredible what they're they're doing and, and how they're they're going about the. Um, research into to trying to to find a cure. Um, yeah, fascinating. They were um, testing on zebrafish while we were in there uh, and they were showing us how oh. they, they did it and how they, they can actually give a zebra fish MND. Um wow. incredible how they can can manage to do this through DNA. Um, they can change any one of the zebra zebrafish DNA with a human one um, and it takes it and it can it can show the disease um, and and then they, they, they put the, the fish through a series of tests uh, and then they, they try and treat these fish with the different drugs that they're, they're trying different cocktails to try and find something that, that might actually work so yeah they, and they've done thousands of, of these tests um, I think the, while we were there they said that, that last Year they'd done about six thousand of these tests, but only a handful of them had had come up with something that they would then research further. So it really is a very difficult work, sort of needle in a haystack type thing. But they they are putting enough power of work to to try and find this cure, which was was fantastic to see.
2: And speaking of being fantastic to see, Stevie Morris put a, a tweet out and a Facebook post out with him and the the new one hundred fiftieth. Kit and he'd, he'd made it black and white, and it he'd g- given himself a a funky moustache, and like we we all have issues in life, but we find negativity so easily on social media and, and whatever. But sometimes you you just need you've spent time with Stevie Morris as as have we, and I, I love reading his posts and and his, his his eternal quest to find the perfect Empire biscuit. And Stevie knows that he's he's not got forever, but he's going to make the most of it. And I think for you to have been there and to to have, have spent time with him and to have clearly has paid as much attention and it, it's so humbling. And sometimes you find it this is, it's not me preaching or anything because I'm, I'm just as guilty as the next person. Sometimes you find yourself getting angry at something you're reading on social media or some negativity and you just think, you know what? Sometimes a little bit of positivity, even trying to force yourself into that. Because for Stevie, I mean, he's he's just he's he's doing what, what he wants to do. He's watching his football club, he's spending time with his family, and, and he's thoroughly enjoying himself and put yourself in that predicament. I know which one I'd rather be, Craig, huh?
1: Yeah, um he's such a, a positive guy. Um great to, to be around, I mean from from leading the, the team out. Um in the, the cup final a, a couple of seasons ago to still portion himself to, to be as mobile as possible to getting around to getting out um despite obviously it getting more and more difficult as time goes by um and just a, a fantastic role model um and, and then yeah the the positivity that that he possesses to, to be able to do that is as you know, a, a
2: lesson to us all really. You spoke about speaking to fans to try and allay fears. It's funny because when we recorded this podcast a week ago, McGowan had just scored from 25 yards, and that was probably the only positive we had to talk about. Well, we didn't, Laurie, did we? He wanted to talk about it because he'd (laughs) he'd scored an absolute screamer. But then within 24 hours, parts are linked with a Costa Rican forward, a Japanese striker, and a 150th anniversary kit is launched that just blows everything else out the water and and suddenly so that's how got quickly pumped by
0: Sterling and there's well, nowhere miss, to be seen.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> want to say that, but that that's how that's how quickly things can turn. So suddenly, suddenly a defeat at home to Mansfield isn't the end of the world, albeit it, it it wasn't great. But it it just shows you, doesn't it, how it can be? Oh God, what what now? To suddenly, oh my God, it's 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 just great right now. Being being or hearing all these these stories about about new signings that's the world that we live in now Craig isn't it it's kind of it's instantaneous misery or instantaneous joy
1: yes it's it's one or the other um but I think you know, as, as a group of players we're, we're very happy with the way preseason has, has progressed um been working on a, a few different things in and out of possession um and, and also the the young boys getting the, the chance to come up and play you know, with, with some of the, the first team boys and get that experience, albeit um, in pre season, that's still important for them. Um, you know, I think that that is how you, as a young player, how you get a little bit of experience, how you you get to to get used to these games. You you, you might not get chucked in straight away, but you, you play a couple of games in pre season, and, and it might be another year before they they get to that place again but they'll have had that and they're a little bit further ahead so I think there's a, a lot of positives with with how it's been going also we had the internationals coming back a little bit later which has kind of shortened the, the pre-season for them a little bit and it's difficult to try and find that rest period for, for international players who we'll they would have been away with, with Japan as well so him coming back in a little bit later and, and getting up to speed, the, the team hasn't been settled, he's not had the same 11 going in, game in, game out and, and getting used to that. So it's been a, a juggling act for, for everybody. But I think over the the last week or so, we can really start to see everything coming together. The things that we've worked on and I think you know, the, the atmosphere is really good. Um, the, the boys are, are really looking forward to the, the start of the season and I hope we can, we can take that onto the pitch and, and get a good start.
0: And have been making creative sign solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit We've got a, a question here from Ewan Pringle, who was asking about um, what are the main differences with the, the current coaching setups. And I have got obviously Frankie McAvoy, Stephen Naismith Gordon Forrest still there compared to previously when obviously. Robbie Nielsen was involved in and in Lee McCulloch as well in terms of training and and match prep. Is there obviously different styles there? Is there? Has there been an obvious change? Obviously, I know you're not involved on the pitch, but have you seen a, a change in, in how things are
1: kind of approached? Um, a little bit, I think. You know, Robbie was was very much the the man manager. He was the one that that took all the sessions to to do with the the team. Um, he would be the, the one taking the, the meetings ninety nine percent of the time. So it was his voice all the time. Um I, I think now everybody has a has a say. Um the meetings, different parts of the meetings are, are spread between all the coaches. Um even the, the analysts, they get their chance to, to speak and put their thing across. So Everybody is. I think it's a, a kind of more wide open approach where, you know, if anybody has anything to say, that, that it comes out. And I, I think it's been been really good. Um, the boys have appreciated how, how how it's been been put together. You can see that the training has been very well thought through in, in terms of how we want to play and, and how we want to go forward. So, yeah, so it's been it's been good from that point of view. Both both. Um, ways there's, there's no right or wrong way. Um Robbie was very successful and we had we had a good few years um under him and and this is a, a slight change and we'll we'll see how it goes. But so far everybody's got into everything and and you know we're, we're happy with the way it's going. We we just need to transfer that onto the pitch now. Uh,
0: Ewan you and also mentioned about um your views on the academy and transitioning to the first team and Jambo Ryan and it had messaged about um about Harry Stone. I know when you were on last time, you hadn't really had a chance to to see him and work with him because he'd, he'd only recently joined. <clears throat> in terms of the youngsters coming through, be that Harry Stone or James Wilson who got some minutes at the weekend, uh, it's something that a few Hearts fans have been frustrated at in the last few years. Not enough players coming through. And, um, are there players in there, you don't even have the name specifics, but do you, do you see some progress on that front that you might see some youngsters getting more of a chance and maybe developing into to kind of regulars in the first team?
1: Yeah, I really do. Uh, I think we'll, we'll, with the the B team, the experience that they're getting there, um, being able to play in, in proper matches against men straight out of the youth team, the, um, is a a huge benefit to them. I went on loan to Cowdenbeath to do that at 18. They're getting to do that um, you know, in the Lowland League, which is is a great step up from 18s to then go again into the, the professional game. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to see how, how quite a number of them um, progress. You know, there's ones that have been talked about you know, recently. Denham's um, been given a new contract and, and he's been part of the, the first team squad throughout pre-season season uh, Finlay, Pollock, Macaulay, Tate, um, you know, all three midfielders who who have all got a chance, um, which are, have been great so far. Luke Rathey scoring a goal at Dunfermline, um playing at right back can also play in in the centre as well. So yeah I think there's 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 plenty positive you know, good forward players. Um Kirk has scored a, a few goals already for the, the B team uh, this season. Um James Wilson who who's been and about the first team already at 16, which is you know, such a, a great achievement to, to be at that level already. And, and, and the training doesn't look out of place. So, yeah, that, I think there's a, a, an awful lot of positives to, to come from the, the young boys coming through. You mentioned there at the start, Harry Stone, who is not as young as, as some of the other ones now. He's, he's had a bit of experience. He's been out on loan and been very successful. He's been out on loan and been not so successful. So I think both those... Instances are, are actually good for his long-term career. He, he knows that, that it's not always going to be perfect for him and, and that he is going to have to work and, and get through the, the more difficult times. So I think he's, he's quite far down the road of that. Whether it's another lone um, spell this season, I think it would be, be great if he, if he could to, to go out and, and play matches again. Um, He's looked fantastic in training. He's, he's done very well in the, the games he's been asked to play pre-season. Um, so I think he's in a, a really good place at the moment. Um you now it's up to him now whether he, he gets that loan move to to really go out and, and show how good he really is. Speaking of youngsters
2: going out on loan, still one of my favourite stats regarding yourself that when you were at Cowden Beef, you played against Henry Smith when he was I at did, Clyde uh, Bank.
1: He was at Clyde Bank, I think we could beat three two. I saved a penalty in the game as well, and I think they, they scored a Go in the last couple of minutes to to beat us three two and they were proper league and, and we were bottom at the time so it was uh, it was a big game for us but I think it was played in front of one of the lowest crowds in, in Scottish football history I not I ninety six yeah I was going to say I didn't think there was more than fifty people there.
2: Speaking of um, of, of kind of then and and now. We, we touched on it earlier about records. The 23 European appearances is, is, is good. Is that the main one um, for you? Is that is that the record that you don't have yet, albeit you share it right now um, with the aforementioned Henry Smith and Stephen Presley? Or is there another record that could maybe keep you going when it's a 50-50? Do I retire or do I keep going whenever that is? What's what's the record that that is the one that could keep you going until you've beaten
1: it? Well, I just go for one at a time. So I go for the, the European one. I need one more for that. I think I'm maybe about twenty short of, of three hundred appearances for Hearts, something like that. Um, so there's a, there's another one to go for, and once I've done that, I'll look for the next one. And twenty three, and... yeah. So the I new I wasn't that far away. So it's uh, there's plenty to aim for, uh, and once I've done that, I can. Reset and and find something else. I, I need to do.
2: Okay, seventy four Scotland caps, sixth most. What's a more realistic target? Chasing down Paul McStay in fifth with seventy six, two more, or chasing down Darren Fletcher in third with eighty six more.
1: No, they're both possible. Um, but I've, I've got a oh. uh, I've got my work cut out. But yes, yeah, certainly possible. Um. Best case scenario is if I can get back playing and, and get in the team and um get back in the international setup and they've been doing fantastically well. Um, what a start to the the campaign, uh, and I need to do really well to force my my way back in there to to get some games. But yeah, best case scenario that's that's they're both definitely possible. Well, the
2: Euros is going to be a huge incentive for you in this this injury first of all to get back into the. The, the Hearts team get fit, play for Hearts again, see what it does. But the way that we've started this campaign, I mean, I don't know if it would be your last tournament, hopefully not, but that's got to be a huge incentive,
1: is it not? Of course. Um, there's places to, to be played for um, without doubt. So, yeah, it's it's great to, to have that on the horizon to motivate me if there's um, any slow days where it's not going particularly well that I've got that at the end of this season to to try and aim for but yeah that that's that'll take care of itself that's at the end of the season um I've got to, I've got to play a good bit of football between now and then to to show that I'm ready and, and capable mm. uh, of being able to to be involved at that level and that's a challenge I'm looking forward to you know there's there's always something you have to try and prove in football no matter what age you are. Uh, or what standard you're at and, and this is my current one and I'll, I'll try and meet it head on and give it my best shot. Uh,
0: we've got a, a question here from Alistair Dobby which is a little bit in jest. Uh, he says, how much are you looking forward to leading Hearts to the Premiership uh, um, <laughs> League <laughs> Championship title as manager? Uh, but in a, in a serious note, I know when we had you last on, you, you, you spoke about potentially thinking about coaching and and what you might do after football. I know you're going to be very focused on Playing still, um, but is it something you've thought about any more? What what you will do next? If you'll start to kind of do a bit more on the coaching side,
1: um, I've started uh, my badges. Uh, that'll I'll take a a while yet. Yeah. Um,
0: Did you learn from Stephen Asmith to just, to to get it done early?
1: Get it done, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's probably a good idea, but uh, I think I'm going to play as long as I possibly can, um, and. Once I've done that, I think I'm due a, a few holidays and rest for rest for a wee while before I, I think about my my next move. Um, but yeah, I'll be full focus on on playing for for as long as I can, and, and then we'll we'll see what the future holds after that.
0: We've been talking about signings, and this is this is quite a quite a good question. I quite like this one. It's from Otley sixty eight, who said, "What was the new signing?" in your first or second spell that from seeing them in the first training session got you most excited? So maybe we could do one from each. So the, the signing that when you, you saw them in training got you most excited, one from your first spell and one from your second spell. Oh,
2: good question.
1: Yeah, I like that one. Um, uh-huh. It'd probably be George Burley when we signed them. The Czech guys all came and played yeah. in that friendly match, and Middlesbrough. Hey, he whipped them all off at half time and, and tried to get them to that contract on the spot before anybody else could could try <laughs> and take them from us because they made such a huge difference to the team. That was uh, that was a turning point where we realised that you know there was some serious players coming in and that we were going to have uh, a pretty good season. Mm-hmm
0: anyone's second spell since you've been back who saw them in training and you thought wow we've got we've got someone here who could who
1: could do a job Um, probably one that people won't think of but when I first came in not a, a new signing he was already here it was uh, Edwin Boise Boise is a fantastic player very clever Um you know if you're on his team in training you've got a big chance of winning the match Um, he He's just a great professional, um, and yeah, every training session he, he seems to end up in the the winning team. I'm I'm, I'm very excited for, for him to come back. I hope he can come back and, and be even stronger and and be an even better player than, than he was when he he got injured. Because uh, he's, he's a fantastic teammate player to have um, in the squad. whether he's playing up front or in the 10 or even if you need somebody to come off the bench and change the game his football brain is fantastic and I'm really looking forward to seeing him back fully fit How much
0: did uh, did we miss him last season? Because he's one of those players that a lot of fans um, not that they didn't rate but they would maybe get frustrated at times um, maybe expect him to to be scoring more goals but in terms of what he actually offered the team I think it's one of these where it's kind of you don't know what you've got till it's gone and I think when when Boyce wasn't in the team, suddenly we, we saw his presence missing. Um, it, it, how much did we miss Liam Boyce last season?
1: Yeah, I think what people probably don't see is how much space he gives other players around about him uh, and the kind of understanding level that the likes of him and Barry McKay have uh, where they can bounce passes between each other. They, they seem to know and are on the same level of what each other is going to do. Uh, and, and that's just a sign of a, a highly intelligent player. And, and you know, when you're you're playing at this level, that that can be the the difference, really.
2: I was reading a couple of articles um, when you were just on the verge of, of joining Hearts, and one of them had suggested you had good chats with Jim Goodwin at St Mirren. Um, that obviously didn't come about. You moved to Hearts from Celtic.
1: So, is Hearts your last club as a player, Craig? Oh, well, my contract's up at the end of the season, so we'll see what happens <laughs> after that. <laughs> uh, who knows? Who knows that? I want to just play, uh, get back playing, and and see what happens if uh, if Mister Savage wants to, to offer a contract, uh, I'll <laughs> listen at any point.
2: I was delighted to 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 see when you went to the NFL game in in London. You were wearing a Dolphins jersey um which uh, a team close to my heart over here in the nfl um someone who was in the division of the miami dolphins and was a thorn in in the flesh of them was was tom brady now tom's just turned well two days from now he'll he'll turn 46 but he was he was playing up until the age of 44 45 do you have an age in mind that injuries permitting you could play to, given that you've had a whole chunk of your career taken from you
1: by various injuries
2: Yeah, now there's no number
1: it'll totally depend on, on my body um, if that's 45 46, then brilliant if it, if it's a bit uh, closer to what it is now, then then so be it but it's uh, there's definitely no number, it'll be as long as I can feel that I can contribute and, and do the job that's required and so to still be able to do it to a good standard. Um, you know, I don't want to be hanging around if it's uh, if, if I'm not able to, to contribute or, or do the things that I want to do, I'll know when the that is the, the case and uh, I'll have to to admit defeat and, and say that's the end then but yeah I think at the moment it's concentrate and get fit see what I can get to. Um, I'm still confident I can get to a really good level. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. And there's there's no there's no end in sight. I think it will be as and when I I realise that I, I can't do the job anymore.
2: One thing to avoid would be if hearts came to you in December and said, "Craig, that Christmas story that you read last year was such a success. Could you read another one?" And you tell them to politely fuck off because 24 <laughs> hours later you suffered that serious injury.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't ideal timing. Um, My my Christmas was slightly ruined. My getting a metal rod put in my my machine at at midday on Christmas Day uh, in the Dundee, which uh, is a little bit away from from family. Um, I was meant to be the chef as well, so I was meant to be cooking the the Christmas dinner. So uh, uh, that that didn't quite get cooked as it it would have done uh, had I been here. So uh, yeah, it kind of spoiled that Christmas. Looking forward to, to this one. Hopefully, it'll be a a little bit better. It was, uh, that was that was Axel's first Christmas, uh, and I wasn't even here. So, uh, yeah, I think I, I need to make up for that this, this year somehow. What was your meal? Um well, there wasn't that much staff One, I, I can't really remember. I was probably a bit groggy after I I came round from the the anaesthetic. Um, yeah, I think it was plenty of toast. Maybe a bowl of rice Crispies. I think that might be about it.
0: Let's let's hope your 2023 Christmas is um slightly better at the very <laughs> yeah. least. Uh, one of the questions, we which we get asked and we spoke about it last time, Gavin Wallace asked about your favourite ever save. Um, I, I guess we've spoken about ones from pre-second uh, stint at Hearts. What, what do you think, what's your favourite save since you've been back? Are there any that really stand out? I know you've, you've pulled off a, a few really good ones and I think we've actually spoken a little bit about this on the podcast and you'd message Mark but um, what stands out for you since you've been back because you, you have been kept busy so there's quite a few to choose from.
1: Yeah there, there's been a few. Um, probably the most important one was from um, the Porteous header at Hamden. uh tipped on the, the post yeah. and then got the rebound and um, for, for a number of reasons I think that was the one that probably helped us get European football because we knew we were going into the um, into the final having already secured a, a group stage spot because of our our league position because who we were playing against so for for all those reasons that game was huge um, you know for for the players for. For for the bonuses for getting into Europe for everything to to do with that season, um, it made sure that it, it finished on the the best possible, not going to Hamden for a final, uh, and also knowing that the next season was was starting with group stage football. Um, I think that that's the ones that always stick in my mind that you know, there's been saves that I've made great saves in, in games where maybe you get beat or or even if you win the game, if it's a league game, it doesn't matter so much. But for for that one, the the outcome was was so huge um from from that 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 is so I outweighed the the rest
2: with the the importance of it. We had a discussion on this podcast if that was your well, I, I thought it was your greatest ever save, just ahead of the motherwell David Clarkson. Laurie. what did you not say that it was certainly up there? Did you have that ahead of the Motherwell save for for Craig's best one?
0: I think I did. I'd be lying if I would say hundred percent. Remember her, what we spoke about, but um, in terms of the, the save, the reaction—you know—I th- I think Portis's header is, you know, it's almost perfect. the way he runs across and connects with it. Had these horrible kind of um, images of a, a cup final. It wasn't against us, but you know, it was Henderson that delivered as well. It just felt like it was mm. flying at the corner. Um, so I, I think I would put it right up there. It's so what does what does
2: the ma- what does the man himself say? If you had to choose a number one, are you going are you going Porteous over Clarkson, or are you chucking chucking one? And that's never the best to say to a goalkeeper. No.
1: What do you think? Um. Yeah, both important. I the, think the Motherwell one was the start of a sort of long run of, of wins at the start of that season. So it, it kept the, the momentum going and, and really started our season off really well when we eventually finished in, in second place. So both important for, for different reasons, but yeah, I think for from the club's point of view that probably the the Port S one was more important.
0: Uh, Mike M asked, uh, one, and I think we spoke about something similar, but it'd be interesting to see your your opinion on it. Now, Mike M asks, uh, can you give um, advice uh, to a 10-year-old boy who's goalkeeping daft? Perhaps advice he would have given his 10-year-old self if he had the chance. Um, anything he wishes he did differently. And I think if I remember rightly from last time, the advice um, your dad might have given was would be, don't be a goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not at all. No, it's great. There are people out there um, inspired to be goalkeepers. There's, there's not that many of us, so uh, yeah, it's it's a difficult position to do. I, I, I would just say to play as much football as possible. Um, for me, growing up, I, I played a lot of different sports. I played rugby. I played badminton, table tennis, tennis, everything I could play. And I think it all just adds to your kind of overall hand-eye coordination. Um, whatever sport you're playing, to be as active as possible, but also to, to play as much football, be be a goalie as much as you can, make as many saves, um, and that sort of amount of practice is, is exactly what you need.
0: Here's a different one. Um, uh, Mike Bradley uh, says, what is the most unusual thing you've had to sign?
1: Oh, <laughs> There's one just this week, um, after the game, um, a lady came and asked me to sign across her wrist. Okay, come on, done. Just wrist, just, just wrist. wrists across and her wrist. Okay. Two days later, I've seen on Instagram that she tattoo. had a tattoo artist yes. tattoo really? over the top of it. Oh, really? Okay. So she now has my signature tattooed across her wrist, which is crazy, but. Yeah, that was that was wild, and I've I've seen the picture of it. I can't believe she actually got it done. I thought she was joking.
0: I'm, I'm glad it was only her wrists. I don't know what your yeah. other half would have thought of if it. it was mm, someone else. I'll, I'll pass back to you now, Mark. Sorry,
1: I was going to say we've been very well behaved today without
2: McGowan. Normally he takes us to a, just like come on, Ryan, but we've been well behaved today. And uh, let's let's not go deep into the the dark mark of nonsense right now. Um, August 2020, when you were on with us. Um, I thought you spoke very well back then, even though you were late. But your timing was much better today. Yeah, How have you was... changed? Wayne. I know you were. Laurie messaged. Um, he's in the waiting room. It was you that was latest. Time. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> this isn't about me. This is about you. How have you changed as a person? How have you changed as a person? Because you've got two new sons in the three years since we we last spoke. What's the biggest change that your uh, your your family and friends would potentially say about you or you might say about how different you are now compared to when you joined us three years ago?
1: Um probably a Excellent. lot more kinda of accepting of the, the situation that, that I'm in now, um with the, this injury, um able to <clears throat> deal with the the setbacks that that football and indeed probably life throw at you. Um um and I kind of ride with them. Um, I hope I'm a, a little bit better than that, a little bit calmer than, than maybe my, my younger self would have been. But it's uh, yeah, I don't know if I've, I've changed too much otherwise. I'm still very driven, I'm um, very sort of, football orientated and wanting to, to strive for better um, and do more. Um, that that'll probably never change. That's that's going to be the the difficult one in, in the years to come, where maybe my my body doesn't do exactly what my my head's telling it or what it thinks it should do, and and that'll be more difficult then. But, but certainly at the moment, um, still just delighted to to be a professional footballer at, at this age mm. and and continue striving to, to to be the very best I can.
2: Let's fast forward to next summer. Okay, we're we're going to take care of between now and then. Your recovery goes perfectly. You're back in the Hearts team. You're back in the Scotland squad. Angus Gunn turns 28 on the 22nd of January. There's going to be, hopefully, many more tournaments to play for Scotland. Hopefully, because it doesn't always work like that. There was a lot of us thought that you should have started ahead of David Marshall in the Euros. Um, Would you think that you should start, if you're playing back to where you were, your best, given that Angus is still young um, and hopefully we'll have more time ahead of him. Would you feel that you should be chosen ahead of
1: him for the Euros
2: next summer, if we get there?
1: No, it depends who's playing better at the time, who's in form, um, who's the the right man for the job. And that's the the manager's call. I, I'd love to, to be at that level where I'm, I'm challenging and where people are talking about that being a possibility and, and that's what I have to, to try and do um, yeah but it's, it's about what's best for the team and, and who's the, the best man to, to pull on the gloves and if that's me then then I'll give it absolutely everything uh, that I've got to, to do the job and, and if it's Angus or, or anybody else whoever's playing for Scotland they would always have 100% of my support to, to go out there and, and win the games so yeah I'd, I'd love to be part of it I'd love to play but if not I more than anything I hope that the, the team is successful Greg you've, you've got
0: bags of experience uh, at different clubs you know twice at Hearts Celtic uh, down south with, with Sunderland um, I'd like to think you'd, you'd know when you see a, a club running well and when there's issues so when you came back to Hearts it was Pandemic. It'd been a a dreadful season for Hearts, regardless of the kind of eventual circumstances. A lot of people are concerned just now. Maybe, uh, maybe lack of transfers coming in quickly. What's going on behind the scenes? There's obviously a, a, an end to the season that we we weren't too happy about. Albeit fourth place finish is not a, a terrible finish for Hearts. Uh, how how are things at the club in your view? From when you came back in 2020 to now, has there been obvious progress do you think the club is going in the right direction
1: yeah absolutely uh, I said right at the the start just look at the amount of uh, season ticket holders that, that can't or season tickets that they can't get into the ground um you know the, the waiting list is huge um and, and it's because the, the the club is progressing um as a whole um I just wish they could make town bigger and let them all in that would be fantastic I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, but it's uh, it's great to have that level of support. Um, I think off the pitch, the the, the squad is is still improving. Um, I, I'm sure that it will continue to do so right till the end of the window. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's loads of positives. I think the, the B team's been a um, a good addition. I think it gives the the younger players that a little bit more time uh, and a little bit more experience to, to try and get through. You know the they don't have to make a decision at age 18 whether they're ready for the, the first team or not. And it, a lot of players get released at that stage. So there, there's so many things that, that is continuing to build forward. I mean, even for the players, we, we've got a new kitchen this season where we've got chefs that make breakfast and lunch for us. The, the food's been incredible, but it's all about the preparation of the players. Um Uh, And that's that's another huge step forward for us. So the club are trying on so many different levels to to improve the the standards um, uh, and and continually do so. So it's yeah, everything is heading in the right direction. I'm I'm glad to be part of it, and I hope we can continue to do that for the next few seasons.
2: I'm going to wrap up, Craig. Thank you so much again for your time. Let's let's end on a kind of light-hearted note if you wouldn't mind, and a couple of Twitter questions, one from Kieran just asking, what's the best or funniest dressing room story you've got from either your time at Sunderland, Celtic, or either period at Hearts? Because you played with some characters.
1: Yeah, um, oh, hard to, you know, what was the, the funniest story, and um, yeah, that I'm never usually involved in, in too many of those. I kind of keep myself out of those, but probably at Sunderland when uh, El Hadjouf was in the, the same changing room as, as Anton Ferdinand, they'd had a a disagreement um, about something that had happened on the pitch and it had spilled over into the, the changing room when they, they came in. Uh, and we used to have um, a a place we could go for, for food straight after the game. It was just adjoined onto the the changing room and the, the, the fight had kind of spilled into there. Uh, the next thing, you know, there was food getting chucked, there was cutlery, there was knives on the go and they was chasing oh. them around the table. Um, and it actually got so serious that they needed to get the, the security in to to actually <laughs> separate the, the Sunderland players to and, and El Hajjouf and, and Anton Ferdinand. But that is probably the the craziest argument and the biggest overreaction I've ever seen. Whose side would you have be been on? Big Antons? I, I don't think anybody was betting against Juve. He was that crazy. I think he would have done really? anything. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a crazy guy. Uh,
2: just with the Hearts post today about the darts event that you guys had recently. How good is sport- that?
1: Um,
2: unbelievable. That so Kingsley. Kingsley beating Suter in a leg. Alan Suter.
1: Yeah, that... what you didn't see is he gave him a second game and uh, he uh, stepped up on him a little bit and uh, showed him who was boss. But yeah, the <laughs> uh, the first time he, Kingsley played the the game of his life and you know, he, he checked out first started a double got it straight away. I think for to have any chance you'd have to do that against somebody out of that yeah, quality. Sure. But uh, yeah, it was was a great day. The they came in and the, had all the lights and the walk on music and <laughs> brilliant for the. Sort of morale that the boys that um, I've come in as well to to see that and, and and be part of it. It was yeah, real, real, real good fun, and uh, I think it's be great to do a few more things like that, get the, the spirit up, which uh, it really seems to be to be great, and that yeah, was a a fun day out. What's your walk on song? Wow, hopeless at darts the last time. Well, Summer Are you actually, wrestling? No, Summer bought me a dartboard two years ago for Christmas. And said, right, I'll give you a game. Christmas Day got it all up. And she beat me in the first game. <laughs> and I've never played darts since. Not a single game have I ever played since <laughs> beat me. So that's, I've retired from from <laughs> from that's that.
2: Last one, Andrew Ward. Okay. Um he says you've got a five aside team of hearts players. You've got to pick. I'm going to make it a six aside because you're the goalie. So who are your five teams? It doesn't have to be the five best, it's the five that you would want in a five-a-side team. So, Big Dave McPherson was a super defender. He ain't getting in this side, right? Because five-a-sides, big boys, you're not doing that. So,
0: well, he didn't play with uh, them, either, did he?
2: I'm just saying, players like Dave McPherson. So, <laughs> who would be the five in your team from the current squad? You could go first. You could. I go think they said. I think the spell. question
0: was just any Hearts player you would played with. Oh,
2: yeah, Isn't Hearts it? players you played with. So, first or second spell. Give me five.
1: All right. Well, you need need the goals first. So you're taking Rudy, but you're going to have to get somebody to do his work for him because he's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, who am I taking Stephen Presley because he'll organise everything and chuck his body in front of. He, and the- he he even book the pitch.
2: He'd he'd book the would do everything he'd he'd have everything arranged and you wouldn't you wouldn't be allowed to be late as well you'd have to be there at eight thirty on the dot so Presley Scott chill, three more. um
1: I'm going to need what do we need another yeah a couple of midfield players another striker probably would go oh a tough one I'd maybe go pinier. out yeah what a player. Uh, Hawks fans didn't see the best of him. Like, oh, some of training days, he was outstanding. Like yeah. and, and went on to have a fantastic career. But he was he was brilliant.
0: I feel like he he'd be the in. one who'd be leaning. Uh, you'd be trying to play. He'd be leaning at the side, trying to chat try some <laughs> girl who'd just been walking past.
1: <laughs> Quite possibly, he didn't really talk that much when he, he was here. He, he wasn't that interested. Um, he, he used to come in wearing
2: odd Simpson socks and we'd ask for an interview, he didn't speak much, you're right, I think we got him once, and he just wanted to do Simpsons impersonations.
1: Yeah, he was a strange guy, but he could shoot and he could score goals, um, as his, his career statistics, so I'll show you after, yeah. The match. but yeah, what a player, we knew he was, was real top quality. So, Pini but, and but, you're players you he's not running about, so I'm going to need Julian yeah. Reilly in there to run about and tackle him. Oh, okay. Um, okay, one more. One more. Who else will I have? I need to take somebody for the current team, otherwise there's nobody in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're running about, you might put Cami in there if you need people to do some work. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with Benny. Benny can do that running about. He's uh, he's a good six, so if you need somebody to control that midfield, I'll, I'll go with him. So that that
2: basically, when you've only picked one defender, you're going to have to be an auxiliary centre-back That's- in this. I don't know. I'll
1: just save them. I'll just make the saves. That's all right. They can go and score the goal.
2: It's not a bad side. <laughs> That's not a bad side, Craig. Thank, thank you so much um, for for your time. And um, whenever you end up back in in the Hearts team, we we, we can't wait. Um, we're hopeful. It's it's when and not if. Everything certainly seems to be pointing in the right direction and um the one request that that Laurie and I would would make and Ryan as well cuz we'll speak for him cuz the next time um you come on hopefully it's not 3 years from now and also not hopefully after St. Johnson have just been pumped 4-0 against Sterling at home as well <laughs> otherwise we can get Ryan on as well so continued good luck and um My favourite stat out of all the ones that that you've had, just because of the symmetry, 5,000 days exactly between the last time you captained Hearts in your first spell at Kilmarnock on the 20th of May, 2007, and the first time you captained Hearts in the second spell at Wraith in January 2021. We're going to leave this section with you by asking you one simple question. Who was it that dived for a penalty For Kilmarnock, the last time he captained (laughs) Harrods. What was that?
1: Stephen Naismith. Uh Indeed it was. (laughs) There you go. Craig, thank
2: you so much. All the best.
1: Thanks, Craig.
0: (laughs) You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s, so that was Hearts club captain and legend, former Cup winner Craig Gordon. Hopefully, a future Cup winner as well. Um, as ever, Mark, uh, such a, a humble, um, articulate mm. guy who who represents Hearts um, incredibly well, and um, you we can just tell, you know, he's still got that steely determination that he's still got plenty left to give on the park.
2: Yeah. And I think without that, anybody kind of struggles. You, you've, you've got to have a, a target. And in his, his, his first target when it happened was to try and get fit for the new season. Obviously, that was before he even spoken to a doctor. But then you have to have other targets and, and records you want to break and things to look forward to. You've got to have some light at the end of the tunnel. Otherwise, it's very difficult whether you've got an injury or just you're struggling or, or whatever it is. So to have that mentality, but to have gone through it before, I think is, is a big thing. Um Sunderland, the injury that, that he had there, he's had one or two other injuries. Um so he knows how to, to kind of to cope and to to deal with it. And I thought his his answer to how he's changed in the in the three years since he was last on the podcast was was very telling. He's just he's a superhuman being. Um who we are very lucky. To have and as I, I briefly touched upon during the interview, having gone back and done a fair bit of research prior to Craig coming on and read the story about how Jim Goodwin was absolutely desperate to sign him for for St Mirren and could offer him a Premier League um, possibility after after leaving Celtic, but you know, when when Hearts came in and, and Robbie eventually got him, it it was it was it was meant to be and. I'm, I'm pretty sure if Craig Gordon and hopefully when Craig Gordon gets back to full fitness, ideally in the next couple of months, that those contract talks come the end of the season would hopefully be a foregone conclusion as for him staying with the football club and, and extending a deal because he still has a lot of things that he wants to do at Heart of Midlothian Football Club. I think
0: superhuman is a word that um oh. will very often associate with with Craig Gordon and
2: in inspiring
0: of, yeah in terms of saves and things he's done on the pitch but even just seeing him back in the gym doing leg work it, it felt like it was what, weeks or something after it it happened it was um yeah if if, if anyone's going to keep playing um into the mid40s and
2: still playing at high level then it It'll be Craig Gordon, won't it? Can you imagine the roar? And even just think about it right now. Craig Gordon is in the squad. He's ready to come back. And it's a home game at Tyne Castle. It could be under the lights or whatever. It could be Hibs or whatever, regardless. That roar, when Craig Gordon runs out as captain of the football club, will be unlike... Any other roar we've heard for for quite some time, and that that is again that's something else that he's got to look forward to and um, and and keep him going. But I mean that when when he does that, there is no point whatsoever in you trying to compete with that noise at Tinecastle Castle in your commentary. You just you keep quiet and you let that you let that do the talking because it, it would be impossible for you to be heard if you try and compete with with that. When Craig Gordon runs out as captain and he's come you know, back the, from
0: injury, the only the only unfortunate thing with this scenario is that you're a goalkeeper, so you're unlikely to get on as like a single substitution in a game. Um, which I know is a minor thing, but you know sometimes when someone makes a return coming on as a sub during the game, no, I, th- I think um, he returns to start. I don't think. not. Well, he well. will, but that's. I mean, but that's the only thing that's. Yeah. It dampens it slightly that when you're a goalkeeper you maybe don't get that moment where you get the entire crowd during yeah. the game and it's just you coming on rather than the whole team but you know, I'm, I'm I'm very much nitpicking there I'll be delighted to see him back on the field regardless of the, the circumstances around it Um. So we've got a bit of an obviously extended episode this week, it's the, the, the final episode before the season kicks off, we've had Craig Gordon on so forgive us for running over maybe a little bit, maybe 30 minute over our, our normal Estimated time. What uh, one thing I want to do? We did this last season. I quite enjoyed it. I had Joel on uh, Joel Sked on us on the podcast before the season started, and I also did a little survey with some of our listeners and and those who follow us on Twitter about their predictions for the season. Mm-hmm. And we obviously at the end of last season looked back, and I, I thought it was quite interesting to see what we predicted and what obviously the the general public had predicted as well. So I've done the same again. I've, I've put a kind of survey out there via Twitter. I've collated all the data. So some people have replied maybe after early evening tonight. Unfortunately, those answers won't be into my um, spreadsheet. but And there's a few answers that things like they maybe answered with two answers. It wasn't quite clear, but I've, I've, I've got it down. I've got the info here. So we asked um, people to predict the final league position for the season for Hearts, how they'll do in the League Cup, the Scottish Cup, in Europe, who the top scorer will be, the player of the year, the best signing and the most improved player. So it's the exact same ones we went through last season. So I thought, we've only got a little bit of time left, so I'm not going to extend this too much, but I'll go through each one. I'll give my prediction. Um, I'll get yours, Mark. And we'll see what the survey said as well in terms of the most common answers. So we'll start with league. Um, Mark, what would your prediction be for Hearts' league finish in the new season? Fourth. Fourth. Okay, um, I've gone the same. Um, not too much detail about it, but uh, hopefully my optimism of that will change. But I still, f- I have feel, a feeling at the moment that Aberdeen are a team to beat, and I think Hibs have recruited well also. So I'm going to go fourth too. Um, in terms of the survey, on the whole, people still a little bit more optimistic than us. So, um, two thirds, so sixty-six point six seven percent of people went with third-place finish for Hearts. Mm-hmm. So that's the majority. 21.9% went with fourth. We've got 7.6% fifth. We've got just under 2% seventh. And um, a couple of very optimistic people, uh, just under 1% went for first and 1% went for second. But there's always someone who will throw those in there. Uh, League Cup, Mark, what do we reckon for the new season? Semi-final. Semi-final. Okay. Okay. Um I'm not too sure about this one. A lot of it depends on the draw. Um I, I'm hoping we'll have a good run in it. I, I'm gonna go runner up. Hoping if the draw's kind to us, we could we could get all the way to Hamden, but we'll inevitably face a, a tough game, at least at some point along the way. In terms of the listeners and those on Twitter, semi final is the most common one 3945 percent. Uh, quarterfinal just over 30% and runner-up, which I'm going to go for, trying to be a bit more optimistic, just under 14% and we did get almost 12% of people said we would win
2: the League Cup so we need to, so that's the one thing that still irks, yep. because we won the Scottish Cup, but that League Cup Maury Davidson's goal in late 1962, come on it's about time Scottish Cup, what do we
0: feel for the next season?
2: in terms yeah, of our I, Scottish Cup performance. I think Celtic will draw Rangers in one of the early rounds. Okay. And then we'll end up with Celtic in the semi-final and they'll knock us out and there'll be some random team gets to the final and, uh, and Celtic will beat them in the final and that will mean that um, third place again gets group stage football. So semi-final for Scottish Cup.
0: Yep, I'll go the same. And similar to the League Cup, this is the most popular one, 32.41% of people said the semi-final, 28.7% quarter-final, just over 21% going for runner-up and almost 13% saying Hearts will win it. And a few very pessimistic people, 4.63% said we'll get put out in the fifth round. So it's always got to be someone to look at that side of things as well. Um, European football, I think we're both going to go the same here. What do you think, Mark?
2: I don't think we go any further than the round we started, third qualifying round.
0: Oh, okay. Um, I'm going off. Um, uh, I think Rosenberg, uh, Rosenberg are having a pretty poor season. I think we've got a decent chance. I think that'll be our big, our big result, and it'll, it'll be a good night at Ten But I think we'll be, we'll get a draw that will not give us much chance in the playoff. I'm going to go playoff. We'll yeah, and and, and
2: that that's what I hope. I, I think it's a month just a month too early for, okay. for Hearts. Um just with the new signings and getting everyone bedded in as well. I just yeah. I I think I think there's there's enough still to have to do. Um I I, I would love to see us on the end as, as someone whose first European game that I went to watch was Dukla Prague in, in timecastle in the 3 2 game in 1986. Um We've we've been on the end of one or two good results over the years um at at Seincastle, but not enough. The mm. the story the stories of Stuttgart, I remember that one well, and there've been other horror shows, there've been close run things. It's about time that that we had uh, a positive story. It's about time that we we had a Zurich performance at Time Castle, but then f- saw it through and and got through. And I'd love it to be Rosenberg, and of course we could beat Rosenberg. Um, but I think there has to be an element of realism as well. I know it's a Hearts podcast, but 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 right now, um, I just think it's it's a, it's the right tie, but at the wrong time for Hearts. And if it was a few weeks later, I would say certainly we'd go through that one. But I'm going to go third qualifying round.
0: Our survey says playoff, 54.17% say we'll get to the playoff. 26% agree with Mark, uh, third qualifying round, almost 18% say we'll get to the group stages and um, a, a couple of people going very optimistic. Uh, someone saying we'll win it, which I'm sure that's someone <laughs> being um, just, just going for it. why not. And someone's saying last 32. Uh, why, so why shouldn't we dream? Seriously, why should we big. dream big? Dream yeah. big. Right, okay. So on to the players. Let's quit the fire through these. Top scorer, uh, probably gonna be a fairly obvious answer, Mark. Mm,
2: not for me. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Not not for me. With, with the fact we're playing him deeper, and the fact he 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 doesn't he certainly doesn't seem the the, the same Lawrence Shankland in the and from what we've seen since he came back from um from the, the brief summer break that he had because he was a play away playing with uh, with Scotland. I think it, I think it'll take a few weeks before he gets into the 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 same form um, as as he showed last season. So okay, this, the, the, just because the player I'm going to mention is is likely to be playing through the middle as as the main the main man, um, I'm I'm going to go for the new boy Tagawa. Going for a player who
0: at the time of recording doesn't actually <laughs> officially play for us <laughs> yet, but that's <laughs> I like it. our yes. uh, sir, I'm I'm going to. I'm, going to be I'm gonna be bored. has gonna be ninety
2: percent, surely. Yeah.
0: Shanklin, our service is ninety-seven point two percent of people. That's the obvious
2: one. That's the obvious.
0: To be fair, we've got 1.8% went for Tagawa. Okay. Um I'm pretty sure given the numbers we got, it's probably about it's two people, I think. And um we got maybe one person who said Liam Boyce. Hmm. 093 percent. So not everyone, but on
2: the whole Shankland. Um player of the year. Well, if I'm not going, like I think Shanklin is probably going to be the top scorer, but I'm going Tagawa just, just for shits and giggles. So if I'm going him, I can't go Shanklin to be, to be player of the year. You can't, if he's no. not going to be top scorer, so I'm going to go Liam Boyce. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go Liam Boyce. I, Craig Gordon has just spoken um, very kind words, uh, effusively. About him. no, I've just used a word that I'm not sure that it sounds like hold on eh, jah, jah, something like that. He's spoken in 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 glowing terms about Liam Boyce and what he brings to the football club. So um if Shanklin's the top scorer he's player of the year. If he's not, then Liam Boyce is. What about you?
0: It's a tough one, and I'm not actually I probably should have had an answer prepared given that I prepared all everyone else's answers. Um Player of the year.
1: Mm.
0: I'm going to put a player in two categories here, and I'm going to go with Frankie Kent.
2: If Frankie Kent is player of the year, then I think Hearts finished third. Well, hopefully, and I say I say I say that in a, in a positive in a positive way, because if if we've got someone that has made that impression. After signing, then I think we're in for a good season. Um,
0: like ex- exactly what we were missing for a lot of
2: yeah a lot yep. of
0: last season. I liked mm-hmm. like him albeit in one game. So look, uh, why not? I want to put it out there. Our survey and, and, actually said. So
2: yep. I was going to say once he's alongside Halcott. Yeah. It
0: could get even better. Our survey said Utaro Oda with twenty nine point three six percent. So
2: he he's the X factor, isn't he? Yeah. So he he could be like anything. That. Mm. And now that if he gets his Japanese countrymen alongside him um, Tagawa
0: No stopping then,
2: him oh, I mean, Scotland's player of the year
0: Got a lot of people in this one We've got Shanklin, 19.2% Cochrane, over 15% Benny Beningame, almost 13% uh, Kent got over 9% uh, Neuwenhoff got 7% And then a few others with a, a lower ones But a lot of players in there, but it be interesting to see how that one pans out And um, Best signing, obviously, I have to go Frankie Kent if he's going to be mm-hmm. if he's going to be um play the year. He can't not be the best signing. Um, how about you for best signing? Are you going to have to go with the man he just said will be our top
2: scorer? No, I'm I'm going to go for the oh, okay. assist leader. I'm I'm going to go for Kenneth Vargas. Okay. Um, I was just reading Stephen Naismith's comments from earlier today in the Edinburgh Evening News. Um, talking about it might take him a little bit of time to settle because he'll be playing European football for the first time. He's 21, but he's really excited because he's got pace and everything like that. There's certain players when Hearts are linked with or when Hearts sign that you just... You can get let down pretty quickly afterwards by some of them, but allow us the, 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 the expectation of this could be a really good signing. And I don't know why, but... There's a bit of Jean-Louis Valois about this. A bit of flair. A bit of this. This kid could be anything. He could be Pelly or he could be smelly. You have no idea what he's going to be. But I, I mean, this is this is chucking darts at the board and hit, hoping to hit the treble twenty. Yeah, yeah, it is. but Of course. So, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go Kenneth Vargas, who will provide loads of assists for Tagawa and Shanklin to score the goals that see Hearts finish third in the table. And most of my predictions are wrong. So, yeah, Vargas. (laughs) Okay, last category.
0: Most most improved. Who will be the most improved player in the coming season?
1: You know
2: what? I'd love it to be Barry Mackay. Because, I mean, Barry's probably going to miss the first three to four weeks of the season um, Mm. through injury, which isn't ideal. But we don't have that big a, a leap to be much improved from where he was last season, because it was a diff- disappointing season from Barry. Problem here is, how much game time is Barry Mackay going to get? Because if Tagawa and Vargas and Boyce and Shankland and Oda are all featuring, where does that leave us for for Barry Mackay or George Grant or whoever? Um So I'd like it to be Barry Mackay, but, I, I still think the sample size on on Utaro Oda is small enough for him to be considered as a really good shout for this category, most improved. If he can get mm. a run of games, I think we've seen enough from Utaro Oda in, in bursts. That that could translate to absolutely nothing. But if we see the good stuff on a consistent and regular basis, then my most improved player would be Utaro uh, Oda. Our survey says
0: Utara Oda, thirty-three percent of people said he will be our most improved player. Um, I'm actually going to go with the one who got second highest, twenty-three point five eight percent, which was Nathaniel Atkinson. Um, I hope they're right.
2: I really hope they're right. Uh,
0: at, at the moment, you know, we don't really have another. Well, we, we don't have another natural option there. Toby Sivit came on in the second half against Leeds to to cover that position. We don't have anyone who's an out and out right back. I wonder if that suggests that he might get a chance. I think we will bring at least, I know we've been linked with someone already. Um, we might bring someone else in, whether they come in to be first pick or just to give competition. He obviously looked much improved under Stephen Naismith. So I'm, I think maybe, maybe this is his time. So I'm going to go with Nathaniel Atkinson. Uh, Kai Rolls 14%. Uh, George Grant was one I considered as well. 7.5% for him. Mackay, 7.5%. Corner Smith in there. Kingsley, Benny, Forrest, Pollock, Sibbitt, Cochran. Another very busy um, variety of options there. But yeah, we'll, we'll have a look at the end of the season about how these all are and we'll see just how miles afit we might have been at that point. Okay, before we go, we do have a game to preview, it would have be nice to have Mr McGowan on, unfortunately couldn't make it to this episode, but it's St Johnson Hearts it's the first game of the league season it's one of these Mark, you know I don't like to do a, too much of an analysis on this game because neither side have played a league game yet, St Johnson have played league cup games, they've got a bit of an injury crisis and they've got a bit of a crisis on the pitch to be honest, they lost 4-0 to Sterling Albion but sometimes a wounded beast is a dangerous one um How are you thinking about this? Is this a game where Hearts have to go into it thinking this is a St. Johnson team, low in confidence, players out, we need to take the game to them, instill our game, and look to go out with a very positive mindset?
2: Yeah. No excuses. When Stephen Naismith came in towards the end of last season, there was an element of being fearless about Hearts' performance. It didn't always work. However, that's the type of that's the type of approach. That's the type of attitude that hearts have to go into to every game with. Never mind St. Johnston at Perth. Let them worry about us. Let's do our homework, but we don't need to worry about opposition. Because if we play well and we do our job, it's up to them to stop us. That's the way that we've we've got to look at this. So we've finally got the monkey off our back. We've finally got the win in Perth. Um I have to say, I mean, the way that they've started their League Cup campaign, I think anything less than than a victory for Hearts is a disappointment this weekend. What about you?
0: Absolutely agree. I think it's something we have to take advantage of. We know they were a very poor team at home last season. They really struggled in front of their own fans. Um, the fans won't have much patience with them at all after some of the results they've had. We know the injury list, I think, is at eight just now. He talked about having ten players unavailable. Stephen McLean in the last game. Um, and we know they've got a small squad already. So I think it's a game we have to take it to them. I know that we might have a new sign in that is thrown in late on. A few people will rightly be unsure about what our option will be in attack if we don't get a player in ready to to play in that game. Given we had Alan Forrest as the focal point of the attack against Leeds, and I don't think that's the answer. But I think we have to try and take the game to them and, and take advantage of that. And I'm going to go with I'm going to go with a. Comfortable hearts win Which is probably Everyone's like No don't do that oh, You know what happens God. When you do that But that That's my That's my, that's my feeling just now and I'm not just saying it Because Ryan McGowan's not on And can't Poo poo it And um, And laugh me Laugh me out the Out the podcast But I'm going to say I'm going to say 3-0 hearts And you know what I'm going to say as well Because we do our usual prediction My man Frankie Kent's going to get on the score sheet Because I've been watching St. John'son try and defend Set pieces recently
1: you?
2: No, I know you like a beer, if we record kind of later in the in the day. But how many both, beers have you had for that one?
1: Both
0: Craig Gordon and myself had a decaffeinated tea for this podcast. Oh, so can't use that as an
2: excuse. Fatherhood has changed you. <laughs> Three nil. <laughs> well, how do I follow that? Um I'm gonna i I'm gonna follow that with uh, four. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm gonna follow that with one nil. One nil hearts. Ah, uh, goal scorer. Um I'm gonna go Oda. Nice. I'd like that. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be random. would be, be yeah. Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be ironic that we go all it wasn't just 38 games last season, there was cup ties as well. And n- none of us, whether it was us or our guests, um, got both the score correct and a goal mm. scorer. So wouldn't it be ironic if, if one of us got off to a a flyer um, with a a, a spot-on score and goal scorer to begin with.
0: It would, and I hope it's me, not just because I want to be right. So do I. Oh, right. (laughs) because I want it to be 3-0. So we'll see what happens. And if if it goes awry, maybe uh, a certain Aussie pal of ours will, emerge. He'll be,
2: the only, he'll be the only one that's on next week.
0: only one on next week but wh- whatever happens we will be back to to discuss the game between St Johnson and Hearts' first league match of the campaign um, Thanks for tuning in uh, If you would like to get in touch in the meantime before our next episode you can email podcast at uk or you can tweet us at Around the Funnel. A big thanks to Craig Gordon for joining us once again and a big thanks to all of you at home listening Till next time. Goodbye. Can I be your superhero?